Good morning and welcome to another Money Monday on The Daily Huddle. The Daily Huddle is a growing tribe of passionate people who want to uplift humankind through their work and throughout their communities. We invite you to elevate the way you experience life through rich and inspiring conversations with today's thought leaders. Be prepared to challenge your views about leadership, health, money, spirituality, communication, and relationships. Welcome to The Daily Huddle. So before we get started today, obviously Zach has introduced ourselves, but I I will again. Um, I'm Kimberly, this is Zach, and Miss Elmir is our, our guest again this week. So super excited to have her back. And today we're going to talk about why a nonprofit. Well, let's get started. Uh, welcome back. And, and thank you for being here. Um, I'm going to give you a, a brief little bio again, yeah. just I think it's super important. Um, but Miss Elmer, I can't even speak anymore. <laughs> Elmer Raven, um, currently the owner of Get It Right with Raven LLC, provides consulting to nonprofits as a troubleshooter um, and also in the area of board development. Her background is is extensive. She's the former executive director of My Sister's House from February 1991 to May 2017. Her previous work experience is as follows. She's the director of volunteers of public relations for My Sister's House from um, 1989 to 1991, allocations director for Trident United Way, a police sergeant for Georgia State University, which we're going to have to talk more about that at some point, Um, (laughs) working with issues and family violence coordinator um, at Trident Technical College from February 2004 to January 2005, and part-time faculty in the Human Services Department from January 2005 to December 2010. Her education, um, she has, her, she went to Webster University and got her master's in counseling, her postgraduate studies, um, 58 hours in nonprofit administration, Bachelor of Social Work, and Bachelor of Science in Criminal Justice, all from Georgia State University in Atlanta, Georgia. Ms. Ravens held numerous leadership positions on various boards and has received many honors and awards. And she's also a, a, a survivor of domestic violence. So we are super, super, super appreciative to have you back this week. And, and for the next couple of weeks, we're going to do this this little series um, up until her birthday, and then, then we're going to give it some time off, right? <laughs> um, but to talk about nonprofits. <clears throat> so, our question today is why a nonprofit? So, why a nonprofit? So, I'm going to start off by just talking about what I've heard a number of people say. Everybody told me that that's the direction I should go in, not a for-profit. Now, whenever I ask someone to explain that, they really never can give me a good answer because I think in a lot of people's head, they think, okay, nonprofit means, okay, I don't get to pay taxes. You know, I can kind of do whatever. Like wrong answer. As a nonprofit, you still have to be accountable. You know, still have to file taxes. And bottom line is, you're really a nonprofit business, so you still have to do all of those things. The other one is, I'm my own boss. Yeah, you may be your own boss, but you also have to work and keep that nonprofit going. So it's not, I'm my own boss. I get up when I want to. I come and go as I please. 
you still have to do what you need to do to be accountable and make sure your nonprofit is working, functioning, and hopefully financially sound. And the final one is, I want to make a difference. And that one is great because I think most of us, well, the majority of us, would like to make a difference in the world because we believe that's why we were put here and we want to make a difference. So I think that particular reason when it comes to why nonprofit will keep your nonprofit going and moving forward. So have you all heard all those reasons from other people? I've heard all of those reasons. I've also heard grant money, right? Because you can yeah, well, yeah. grant money. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I think I've heard a, a lot of different reasons of why to become a nonprofit, but I've definitely heard all of those. What about you? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, what Kimberly and I were talking about, about this series, and we've been in the car a lot recently traveling around, and, <laughs> and I think that's one of the things I, that, that interests me is Sometimes I have heard people that wanted to go into the nonprofit space for what I would consider the wrong reasons. Um, and that's that's basically what you're you're talking about. There is a misconception that it's a way to avoid taxation or it's a way to do something uh, like that. Um, and uh, I mean, I, the one that I've heard more than anything, and this is probably is that they can take donations and their donors can write those off. That's the one of the big reasons people want to be a 501c3 is so that they can solicit money. And, and the benefit for the donor being tax deductible. Um, but that's pretty much the, the gist of what I've heard too. And most certainly, even though there are many challenges uh, being a nonprofit, uh, nonprofits do survive through generous donations of money from donors, whether that's money or in-kind donations from all of their supporters. And that is wonderful and nonprofits could not survive without that. However, I wanna talk just a little bit about some advantages and some disadvantages. So um, one of the advantages is employee commitment. A lot of times people that work in nonprofits are very committed to that nonprofit and to its missions and whatever um, the folks is. And since I was at my sister's house for 28 years, so obviously I was very committed to the issue of domestic violence and that nonprofit. About two thirds of my employees had been with me over 10 years. And that's a long time for people to work any place these days. So I think commitment from your employees is really an advantage when it comes to being a nonprofit. The other uh, advantages is just your internal rewards from working in a nonprofit. You get uh, satisfaction from making a difference and helping people and, and knowing that you have helped people. So you get that reward of doing good and, and making a difference. The other one is, you know, while you're not going to get rich working at a nonprofit, if it is a well-run nonprofit, you can have a lot of the basic benefits that other businesses have. I was very adamant about my employees having health insurance and dental and education and sick leave and all of the things that they would receive if they worked for a corporation because I believed in their value. So 
I feel like, yes, it is an advantage if you are a well-run nonprofit. Now, the disadvantages are there's limited funding because there are so many nonprofits. And as Kimberly said, people talk about grants. Well, you have to write those grants. You have to be a good grant writer to receive and be awarded grants. And I always say to people, I don't feel it's difficult to get a grant. Grant management, that's another story. If you don't manage those grants and if you are not accountable for the grant money that you're receiving, you're headed for big problems. So looking at uh, limited funding. Um, the other disadvantage is you can actually have social pressure from your friends or community. You know, I worked long hours, so people would be saying, okay, but well, when are we going to get together? Uh -huh. you know, when are you going to have some time to do this, that, and the other? You know, what are you doing this weekend again? <laughs> You're speaking where? So <laughs> my family's like, okay, when are you coming to visit us again? Because I don't have family here. So you get this pressure from all sides. Uh, and most certainly family is important. We all know that and we all believe in that. So you, you have to make some time for what you want to do. And then, of course, the final disadvantage is public scrutiny because you are a nonprofit and you're open to the public. They can look at all your information, but they're supposed to be able to look at all your information. Um, they should be able to look at your tax returns, your 990s, everything that you're doing. So if you do something wrong, then, okay, you're out there in the public and the public will scrutinize you. So while I enjoy all my many years of nonprofit work and I still volunteer on nonprofit boards, it is important to be accountable for what you're doing. I think for me, that was some of the um, biggest eye-opening pieces is how accountable you actually have to be. I mean, you, I think anybody knows, right? Whether it's a, a for-profit business or a non-for-profit business, you should keep good books and you should mm -hmm. have information. You should have all of that. But yeah. I think I was really surprised at how how many people are looking at your financials every single month, you know, a couple of times a year looking for grants and all of, all of those kind of things. So I think that that piece of it for me was really eye-opening um, to just make, make sure that you dot your I's and cross your T's mm -hmm. and, and definitely probably, well, I wouldn't say probably, but definitely more accountable than a small business. You know, if you ran a small business for yourself, definitely more accountable in bookkeeping and, you know, your financials and everything on the nonprofit side. Well, and part of that is because the nonprofits, as I said last week, are governed by boards. And your board, they're the ones that's responsible and liable for what's happening in that nonprofit. So it behooves the board members to know what's going on, to know that you're doing what you say you're doing and that you can account for all of your finances and services. Uh, that you're staying within your mission because I always tell people, people used to try to get me to add components. I'm like, no, this is our mission and we are going to stick with our mission. <laughs> our mission is clear. And in order for us to be an effective, efficient nonprofit, I need to stick to my 
mission and accomplish what I say I'm going to accomplish. I don't need to be all over the place just because I know I can get grant money in that area. And I've seen lots of nonprofits do that. They chase the money. Mm -hmm. uh, no, I, I'm, no, I'm not doing that. This is what we're doing. And this is what I need to stick to. So I, I also think people need to understand that as well. I think that's a really good point. I think it's probably hard just to have blinders on, especially when there's money all around that you could, you know, go over here and grab it and go over here and grab it. So, so keeping those blinders on and staying focused on your mission and all of that's mm -hmm. a really important conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's ultimately the, the core of the nonprofit idea is to have a need, a mission that you're passionate about mm -hmm. and get certain tax treatment for fulfilling that mission. So um, going back around full circle to the original uh, comment about why nonprofit, right? It's, it's ultimately to, to feel, fulfill that mission. It's not about the tax treatment. Those are the things that you get because of what you're doing and because of what you're, you're focused on. So. so I have a question, um, you know, thinking about it with two different brains, right? Thinking about a for-profit business versus a non-profit business. Um, if you have a, a business idea or a service idea, because a lot of businesses are still services, mm -hmm. um, how would you choose between doing this for-profit or doing this non-for-profit? Like, what are some of the, the thought processes in your mind that would lead you one direction or the other? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. um, I would think that if you're leaning toward a for-profit, I, I had a friend, say for instance, that had an after-school program. Mm -hmm. And we had this extensive conversation because initially she kept saying, no, I want to be a nonprofit. I'm like, but why? You know, you're charging people for this service. The children are coming there for tutoring in this after-school program. So basically, you're making money and you're going to be charging money. If you went the nonprofit route, like I knew she could um, get money, say, through the Department of Social Services for some of their kids if they were in the school. However, you have to jump through all of their hoops as far as the paperwork, whatever guidelines they have, when they come to visit, um, to monitor what you're doing. So I think you have to decide, okay, how much more work do I wanna put into a nonprofit? I had 10 very large grants and I, I had to um, be monitored by those grants at least twice a year in most cases. So that meant I had to have all my paperwork together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I had to have all my backup documents because uh, most of those grants paid my staff. Mm -hmm. So anything that related to them. And the those grants, benefits, Right. Yeah, it was very specific. <laughs> they were to do this service and the grant provided for their salary, their benefits, uh, training. So anything that I put in the grant that related to that staff, I had to be able to show, verify, and prove it. So I had tons of paperwork. <laughs> tons. 
plus they would review our files on the clients. So that had to be in order too. So if I said we did um, counseling session daily, then when they reviewed those files, I needed to have documentation that the staff did uh, counseling sessions daily and that those files were in order, whatever related to that client. So it's, it's a lot of work. And, you know, I never had any problems being accountable because I believe in that. But it did require a lot of work and oversight as well. Because I was one of those people, I could do any of my staff jobs. Yeah, I did the overnight. I, was, I could do the bookkeeping. I could do newsletters. I could go to court. You know, I spoke. So I, I was one of those people that believed Okay, you need to know what's going on. Just because your title is executive director does not mean you don't need to know what's going on. You need to be able to do everything, right? Absolutely. Not Absolutely. necessarily do everything, but yeah, but yeah, know know how it should be done. <clears throat> mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I I love where we're going with this, and it's crazy how time flies. Uh, and and <laughs> I, I want to uh, obviously we'll, we'll probably have some some questions that you guys have. Uh, and some of those will be answered uh, in the next couple of weeks as well. But uh, I'm fascinated by this entire discussion. Um, and and the, the reality of it is, is that if a nonprofit is the way to go um, and it makes sense, by all means do that. But understand, if you are the executive director, you, you, you are going to work harder for yourself than you would for anybody yeah. else, just like a, a self-employed individual. But you're also going to hire and have a board that's going to oversee all those things, not mm -hmm. even not to mention grant people that are going to be supervising how you spend that money and what you do mm -hmm. with it. And everybody who's anybody can see your books. So make yeah. sure you're in it for the right reason and you're doing it the right way. I think that's what Ms. Elmire is saying here. And I think that's uh, obviously what your services are that you offer now, which um, I, I know are a big benefit. So um, anything you want to wrap up with this morning before we open up for questions? I would just say, um, do your work, research, as I said last week, to make sure that uh, being a nonprofit is really what you want to do. Don't just listen to somebody else and go into it blindly, because if you don't have the administrative background, then you're headed for problems. You can have a wonderful service, but you've got to know how to manage that nonprofit. It's not just the feel good part of a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, no. <laughs> It's, it's much more than that. Yeah. Well, I know last week we, we ran over just a few minutes because all, all of you guys had so many questions. So why don't we open it up um, and let you ask your questions today and, and let Miss Elmire answer it. And we'll dive deeper into more nonprofit questions next week, like the, about the board and, and things like that. But today, let's let's answer your questions. Who's got a question? Anybody can sing or dance while we wait. All right, I, saw, I saw Gio's hand go up. Go hey, ahead. Hi, yes, thank you for being here, Elmir. Um, I, um, I don't know if maybe this question was addressed before, but I'm gonna ask. Okay. Um, what is the, what if someone is looking to start a nonprofit, uh, what will be the direction or a good place to point to to get a grant? Where do you, where do people go for that? Okay, so one 
it would depend on, of course, what your focus is. And you can always do uh, foundation searches specifically for your area. So if you're interested in youth, then you would search youth foundation grants. You can search them by state, city, counties, because um, there is money out there. You, you just have to be very uh, consistent about searching and then evaluating each grant. Make sure you know um, the deadline to submit the grant. Make sure you know what documents they're requesting. So you, you have to follow the grant guidelines. So it's, so it's as simple as, nothing is sim easy, right? But it's <laughs> as simple as going to Google, looking mm -hmm. for grant, grant money for this foundation, for this yeah. cause, for this mission, and then start filtering information that way? Absolutely. And like I said, you can start out with the simplest grants. You know, some of them are small amounts couple thousand dollars, two pages to the hundred thousand dollars, then 50, 60 pages. <laughs> so you just have to decide, okay, one, where your skills are in the grant writing area. Two, how much time do I want to invest in writing this grant? And if I get the grant, can I manage it? Right. The measurables mm -hmm. on the back end too. Right. Yeah. Because most of the time once you're given a grant, they're gonna wanna have your little interview before they award it because they'll have more questions to make sure that you are in a position to manage those grants. That's that's phenomenal. I'll I, I say one more thing, Sorrel, and then, and then you go. Um, I think it's phenomenal because one of the most difficult aspects about being a business owner on a mission, you know, which is, um, which is a good opportunity for a nonprofit, is to generate sufficient clients so that you can stay alive and in that in a in a way for someone who take who's okay with accountability to have the books be completely transparent for someone who is really okay with that um this is a real support for that mission right and um yeah so i really thank you thank you Elmer. i um i wished many times that we didn't have the clients when I was the director of the domestic violence nonprofit. I would have liked to go out of business. I used to say I that. You yes, I but bet. that was not the case. I bet. Yeah. Before we go to Sorrel, because I know Sorrel has a hand up, I, just a quick question about the grant question. I know, like, because obviously we have four kids and so colleges. <laughs> They talk about scholarships and a lot of scholarships go ungiven, un right? Right. Do grants also? Are there a lot of grants that just expire because nobody applies for them? Yes, they do. Um, but sometimes people apply for them and they awarded them and then they get their money back because you didn't do what you were supposed to do. That's not where you want to be. Gotcha. Because they're gonna want their money back if you didn't do <laughs> now gotcha. in most cases you probably spend it, but they don't care anything about that. So give it back. Right. Pay back. Yeah. And <laughs> if, right, the, if if you're federal money, they'll put you on a department list <laughs> where you can't get any more money from them too. 
They don't play about that. Sorrel? Good morning, Miss uh, Raven. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Thank you for your service to, uh, you know, the, the people you serve. I, I appreciate that. I have a question regarding the tug of war that sometimes <laughs> exists between the executive director and the board. I've heard some executive directors say this, this organization is executive director led. And I've heard others say, oh, this one is board led. Is there such a thing? Should it be that it's always board led? Um, that's going to be our discussion in the third series, but I'm going to just briefly answer this. <laughs> All nonprofits have to have a board to exist. The board is ultimately responsible. If, if the nonprofit did something and the IRS came after that nonprofit, they're coming for the board members. They're going to be getting the board members money and they will target you. So that's not where you wanna be. Therefore, as far as I'm concerned, the nonprofit is governed by the board, but it should be led by the executive director on the day-to-day -day basis. The board doesn't wanna do the executive director job, but the board governs that nonprofit and they're ultimately responsible for what happens there. So be careful before you raise your hand and say yes to being on a board of an organization. Oh, absolutely. I asked 20 questions. They used to tease me. When they would interview me for a board, I would come in with my list of questions. And they don't have it. And I'm like, well, no, I need to you have these things, which most people don't know off the cuff. They just think, oh, sure, you know, I'll do it or your friend asked them to do it or whatever the case may be. Yeah. I'm excited for that conversation. <laughs> I'm sure you are. <laughs> I think we, we ran a good organization and a good board when, when we were together, but there were a lot of questions that I'm sure I had zero idea to ask. So um, I'm interested to, to see how that goes, but. All right, guys, well, um, we are, uh... We're wrapping things up today and uh, so excited about where we're going with this series. And uh, and just thank you so much, uh, Ms. Elmer, for being here and uh, for all of the, I uh, hope that this is beneficial for those of you that are out there. Um, come back next week, same time, and let's uh, finish or keep working on this series. Um, and uh, and Cece, I, I saw your hand pop up there and now I see your question. How, how do you vet your board members? So that's also gonna be part of this as we go forward. Um, so tune back in again uh, next week and, and we'll get into some details about that. But guys, we will see you same time tomorrow morning uh, and same time next week for the rest of the series. Bye. Enjoy your week. Bye. At the Daily Huddle, we agree that the best way to kick off the day is to adhere to Patty Dabrowski's seven principles for having a happy body, sexy skin, a laughing spirit, and a rewarding life. Give. Give of your time, your full attention, and of your unique talents. Move. Move your body to keep it feeling energized and alive. Eat mostly plants. Plants are the purest fuel 
to help you reach your potential each day. Sleep. Sleep is how the body repairs itself and readies us to give our very best each day. Stress less. According to John Perkins, stress is just a problem without a solution. Choose your solution and dismiss that stress. Laugh. Laugh out loud. From your belly to your chest and with your head tossed back. You will fire up your endorphins and bring more energy to everyone around you. Love. Most of all, love. With your words, your thoughts, and your actions. Power them with love and watch the way you experience life elevate to all it can be. We thank you for joining us on The Daily Huddle. We are a growing tribe of passionate professionals seeking to inspire a new generation of leaders. Go out and share your unique ability to impact the world. Until next time.